All right, Chris Hall here with Dogs on Demand on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and all those other good places. And the busiest man in sports, I suppose, is with us today. And we're so happy to have Rusty Manziel. Now, Rusty, you know, I had your introduction on our program down pat. I I had it down pat, had it memorized, didn't have to look it up. And now here you go changing stuff and you're doing all kind of different stuff. So yeah. you're going to have to tell me right now and tell everybody exactly what you're doing. Where can we find Rusty Manziel these days? Well, I, you know, I had a great run at 24-7 Sports. It was yeah. a great company. They were very good to me. And for 12 and a half years, uh, I think I was the third employee ever hired at that company. And, um, you know, I was there from the start. I was there actually two months before they even had a website, which was so for two months, uh, I hit the jackpot. I was getting paid and I couldn't work. They were like... <laughs> Here's your pay. Don't go see anybody yet. I was like, okay, I'll enjoy the summer then. So uh, great company to work for. But now I'm with uh, Own3, and that is the new venture of Shannon Terry, who started uh, 24-7, sold it to CBS. So uh, this is his new company. And uh, he he gave me an opportunity to uh, to buy the Georgia site. And, and I did that along with a couple of business partners, uh, one of them being Jake Rowe, who is a longtime beat writer. Everybody kind of knows Jake in the Georgia market. And uh, we've got a little we got a little small group that we purchased this website, dogshq.com and a uh, little logo there. So uh trying to get some more gear in. But uh, it's been it's been unbelievable. You know, I really do the same thing. I cover Georgia football and I cover still the state of Georgia for the own three network. So never was given that up. Uh really nothing changed. I just went to a different company and now uh, my name's involved the LLC. So, you know, kind of a lifelong dream. And, and when Shannon approached me about that, I was like, man, are you, are you being serious? And he's like, yeah, you know, you've earned this opportunity. I was like, I'm in. So uh, it's been awesome. Been a great first month. I just looked at the numbers kind of blown away. And man, it's just, it's really, it's truly a blessing. I know people say that sometimes and not the meaning behind it, but man, I laid in bed last night at, you know, midnight thinking, how did this little kid, you know, that, Started following recruiting when I was 13, 14 years old. Like, how how did I get to this point? But I'm here. I'm here. Well, you know, you do a great job. Uh, quality is rewarded, and you do a great job. And, uh, you know, we follow you uh, because we know you're going to give us the up-to-date information, especially on Georgia football, and also accurate information as well. And and so, uh, you know, we I, I'm, I'm so happy for you in this opportunity. And it's always glad to I'm always glad to connect with you and uh, to be able to talk with you about that, which we love. And that's the University of Georgia football, especially. And so let's talk a little bit about that now. You know, I've I've been thinking a lot about this. We're we're less than 100 days away from kickoff. College football season is approaching very quickly. We've never been in this position. You know, uh, last year this time, we were talking about winning the national championship, and we were so excited. And we kind of bandied around, could Georgia repeat? Could Georgia do it again? And lo and behold, Georgia did it again. Yeah. Back-to-back national champions. And now, as I look at all of these preseason polls, almost all of them have Georgia sitting at number one in the preseason polls, which are basically useless, but they're fun to look at. So as we we sit here now from this perspective, as Georgia enters into this uh, next season, back-to-back national champions, is there any reason for us to think that they can't do it again? I mean, I, it's kind of hard to believe that they would do it again, but there is there any reason to believe that Georgia cannot repeat 
as national champions in college football this season? I mean, like most teams, they still have some questions. But, you know, if you kind of peel it back the way I look at it, the way Georgia is built and how good they are on the offensive line and defensive line, and that's what kind of separates them. And I said this yesterday in an interview, somebody's going to have to out-physical Georgia to beat them. You know, you're not going to finesse Georgia and beat them. So when I look at all the teams, Alabama is certainly built that way. Ohio State is certainly built up front like that. Um, You know, you look at USC, for example, they've got all the pieces, I feel like, on the outside. But when they played a physical team in Utah, they got kind of pushed around. So do you really – and let's be honest, I was there. not sure if you were out there, but TCU, that was not – they didn't want any part of that after a little bit, you know, the physicality of Georgia. So – Somebody is going to have to out physical Georgia does not mean they cannot have a game. We all know the Kent State game. We all know that Missouri game. You know, they didn't look like world beaters, so they're not perfect. But to say, does Georgia have a chance to repeat? Absolutely, they have a chance. They have a great chance to be a repeat national champ, which is, I don't know that any Georgia fan could ever sit around and say, man, I can't wait one day we repeat. Like, it just doesn't happen, you know? So we'll see. They got a great opportunity to make some real history. Yeah. I, I, and and for me, you know, as I as I look at it, just from my amateurish perspective, you know, Stetson Bennett was such a key yes. to Georgia winning the back-to-back national championships. I mean, what a story! It's still an amazing story for Stetson to do what he did at the University of Georgia. Now you're you're going to have a new quarterback, probably Carson Beck. He looks like he's going to be the guy. At least he'll give the uh, be given the first opportunity to uh, have the job. But there were so many intangibles to me with Stetson Bennett. I mean, that really, you know, he, he just an intangible, intangible personality that he had. He was able to to motivate the team. And I, I'm wondering, you know, Carson Beck's got all the tools. He, he's got all the physical tools. He, he's got, you know, as much or better than, uh, you know, what Stetson Bennett has. But does he have the intangibles? I don't know. As you look at the quarterback room, well, mm-hmm. What do you think? As uh, and especially with the uh, the addition of uh, now Rayole coming in and Baglusi coming in as well, what do you think about the Georgia quarterback room? Very talented. Now, very very talented. Very highly recruited kids. Uh, they all check boxes. Here's what they don't check yet. Nobody's played a meaningful minute, yeah. and that's reality. Nobody, you know, my 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 saying on that is nobody has been the Georgia quarterback on a Monday knowing you're going to play South Carolina on a Wednesday, on a Saturday in prime time and have to, you know, feel the questions all week, do the preparation all week, you know, feel that pressure of playing a big time SEC opponent type, you know, much less going to Knoxville at the end of the year or going to Jacksonville, you know, that early South Carolina game, nobody has kind of stared down the barrel of that. So it's all going to be new, you know, and I'll say this, you know, going into that Arkansas game, uh, in 2021, uh, was it 2020? Stetson Bennett was an afterthought. You yeah. know, you know, nobody was sitting around thinking, man, if Stetson Bennett comes in the second half, we'll be we'll be good to go for the next two and a half years. So yeah. you just never know, uh, you know, how things are going to work out. But right now, I agree with you. I think Carson Beck, uh, who has a huge arm, incredibly accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, people kind of knock him a little bit, say he's not, he's not, he's not Stetson athletically. He's not. He's just not. But. You know, he's not a statue back there. He can move enough, but I think his anticipation, what he sees defensively, uh, you know, he can get the throw, get the ball out of his hands before you get to him. That's kind of his strength. Yeah. 
and, and as you say, he's got all the physical tools and, yeah. and, and he can, you know, it could be one of those seasons where he just comes on the scene. And yeah. if that happens, I mean, uh, here we go with uh, Georgia, certainly uh, on the brink of having a fantastic uh, season. Um, so Car- Carson Beck sitting up there, uh, as you look at the quarterback room, the quarterback situation now, just do a little recruiting, uh, talking a little recruiting. Uh, recruiting. You have uh, Rayoli coming in. You have, uh, you know, uh, Puglusi coming in as well. Uh, is somebody. I spent two days with him, so I had to ask him. So it's Ryan Puglisi. Puglisi. Okay. I, I, you know, I, you know, I'm a South Georgia boy. I struggle with his name sometimes. I had to ask, um, him. I had to ask him. Yeah. So it, it, are we going to lose one of those quarterbacks? You think they're going to, one of those are going to go into the, uh, one of the guys in the room right now, are they going to go into the transfer portal? What do you think? Well, odds are, yeah. I mean, the yeah. way the way it is. So you just, but you know, here's my thing. What if Carson Beck has a great year and he leaves? So yeah. then the quarterback job's open again, and you're probably not at that point thinking Dylan Rayola or Ron Puglisi is going to be the guy. So then, right off the bat, so you're sitting here, you're, you're like, you got Brock Vandergrift who has, you know, Brock Vandergrift. Does he stay if he doesn't get the job? Gunnar Stockton's there, so it could be. You know, next January, we could be talking about we're going to look at a spring practice battle between two freshmen, then Brock Vandergriff and Connor Stockton. So it's just uh, the Georgia court. I, I know Kirby's probably, you know, motto on this. If you don't have one, you're going to get fired. Yeah. So they're going to put them in a room and let these guys battle it out through the spring and see, see who can get it. But right now, I'm with you. I kind of think Carson Beck's the guy going into fall camp, and I think it's going to be his for a while. But, Chris, when you look at the schedule, you know, you got UT Martin, you got Ball State, you know, a few games like that. They can play multiple quarterbacks and see how these guys do on a Saturday, you know, in between the hedges. Yeah, they can kind of ease them in, uh, you know, the early season schedule. And, you know, Georgia had Oklahoma scheduled, but uh, the SEC stepped in and said, no, let's don't do that because Oklahoma's coming into the conference. And, and so, you know, they're getting hit a little bit with the uh, early, the soft early schedule. Uh, but, hey, you know, that can play to Georgia's advantage uh, to get some of these guys uh, settled in. I'm kind of like you. I was studying the offensive line. My word, Georgia is so loaded on the offensive line. And uh, the the offense has such a potential to, to just be fantastic for this coming season. What about on the defense? You know, Georgia loses so many weapons on the defense from year to year going to the NFL draft. Uh, what do you think as you kind of study the defense of uh, Georgia this year? Uh, going to be another top-notch defense? What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I mean, listen, you're not going to have a Jalen Carter. You just don't. Those type those type of defense alignment are, don't come around often. And um, so, first of all, you're not going to replace him, but you got to kind of do it by committee with players and you know, you look at guys like Warren Brinson and those type of guys who are highly recruited players, like it's their time to play. You look at Jamal Jarrett, who is a highly recruited defensive lineman who's been on campus now, uh, you know, four or five months. Can these freshmen, you know, Georgia typically uh, get around Florida around that bye week, those mid-year defensive linemen that, you know, it kind of starts clicking like this is what I got to do to play here. Yeah. And you look at the run Georgia made to the national championship against Alabama um, that that first year, um, you know, when they inserted Jordan Davis, you know, as a freshman at Florida week, it kind of turned them around a little bit. So 
you look at a player like that and it didn't put him in till till early on and put him in a little bit later, but he was a contributor as a freshman. So I, you know, challenge people don't write off kids if they're not playing the first month because it's a long season. It's a grind. Uh, and these kids can help with depth as the season goes on. Yeah. And uh, looking at the schedule, I think if you look at Georgia's schedule right now, regular season schedule, um, for me, I identify three games are, that are going to be the greatest challenge right now as you, you look at the schedule. The South Carolina game on September 16th, and then the Georgia-Florida game, and then that Georgia-Tennessee game uh, on November 18th. Uh, as a, you look at the schedule, uh, and especially the SEC games, those three seem to be the ones you mark on your calendar. Do you agree with that? Well, a sneaky team now is offensively because things you can do and be creative. And they got some quarterbacks. You know, what can Ole Miss do? You know, yeah. what can Ole Miss do coming here first time? You know, Lane Kiffin, uh, what kind of character he is and, you know, Twitter and all these other things. Man can call plays. So he's going to yeah. stress you a little bit. But, you know, I'm not sure Ole Miss is built up front right now to, to again, out physical Georgia. And uh, but, but Ole Miss is a game I think people are kind of not talking about. Listen. You and I, neither nobody was talking about. Hey, that Missouri game is going to be one to watch. I mean, yeah. it, I mean, they they quite frankly almost took it L there. So, yeah. uh, you know, you got to got to watch every SEC game. But I agree with those those three games are key. But I think the Ole Miss game is one that people are kind of letting it slip on the radar a little bit. And you never know about Auburn. I mean, you know, you you really uh, Hugh Freeze is a good co- a good coach, and you never know what he's going to get out of Auburn. That'll be an interesting game too in Auburn, right? Well, that's it. you and I have grown up knowing Auburn, and that's always a physical. Like you play Auburn anywhere, anytime, they're going to be physical. Right now, I'm just not sure that roster is built like that, and it's going to take you freezing them some time. So, certainly, always with that rivalry, you can always watch that game. But I think that roster, you know, after Harson and, and the recruiting, and it just, it just for whatever reason, it didn't work, and it's going to take a little while to try to catch that thing back up. Yeah, and uh, you know, Hugh Freeze is a good coach, and <laughs> so yeah. You know, it, it won't take them – you know, it'll take them a few seasons perhaps to get back to where they want to be. Uh, now, now, you know, the SEC meetings have been going on. Uh, in 2023, we'll continue to have the divisions in the SEC, but things are going to change in 2024 apparently going to an eight-game SEC schedule. And from what I understand, only one rival game right now is on the, the table, one consistent uh, – you know, a team that uh, each team will play each year. I, I guess identify as the rival uh, game. What do you? What do you? What are you hearing about uh, the? You know how the schedule is going to change, and I don't know. Well, will who's Georgia going to lose? Is it going to be Auburn? Is it going to be Florida? Who's it going to be? You think? And I would have a hard time thinking that Georgia Florida is not a game. Yeah. You know, it's like the national game of the week that year. Uh, every year that weekend, CBS always locks it in as a three thirty game, and they just they're confident it's going to be a good game. So I, I would be if you got to pick one. Um, twenty twenty four is going to change college football forever. Yeah, uh, the playoff starts. Uh, Texas A M Oklahoma come to the SEC, which is crazy. You know, uh, what UCLA and USC is going to the Big Ten. I mean, I don't, I don't know how that happens. So. Like it or not, traditionalists or not, 2024 is going to the, – the college football landscape is going to blow up. It's going to be a totally different new thing. We don't know how it's all going to work out. But the one thing I tell people that get kind of panicked is, listen, all I know is Georgia's going to have a good team. And yeah. they're going to have a chance to be there in the end. And in an extended 
expanded playoff to me as an advantage to the SEC because there's been a lot of good teams that get left out uh, every year out of this conference. And when they expand that thing, you know, it's going to be it's gonna, those hiccup games. You can still survive those. If we expanded playoff, Alabama's in last year. So yeah. uh, things like that. Yeah. And uh, Alabama, you know, they, they in the bowl game, obviously they played great. Uh, they they would have been trouble. Alabama would have been trouble in the uh, playoffs. Right. Uh, certainly uh, for uh, next year. So, uh, you know, uh, tell me some things that we haven't talked about that you think are important that we need to know as we approach for Georgia and not just, I guess, beyond Georgia for college football. Uh, I think I, I spent two days in Nashville. We just did an on three NIL elite series. And, um, you know, we're all learning about this. Kirk Herbstreit was a, one of the keynote speakers. He was great. Um, you know, the thing I learned, Chris, is – we're still in the infancy age of this NIL and parents are just so confused. Players are so confused. People are throwing numbers, to these kids and, yeah. you know, KJ Bolden, who's a five-star number one player in the state of Georgia, you know, we kind of talked to him and he said, man, I had a school tell me, Hey, you're going to get a couple million the first year. And he, he was like, man, that, that's crazy. You're not going to pay me a couple million. Like you got a lot of me, you know? So that part of it kind of worries you a little bit about the game and where it's going. But on the flip side of that, I mean, we cover a team. We cover Georgia. And everybody asked me, you know, recently, hey, can Georgia have the number one recruiting class? And I don't want to downplay it, uh, but it doesn't matter if they're one, if they're two, or if they're three, or they're four. They're going to have a very strong class. As long as Kirby Smart is the head coach of the University of Georgia, he is going to demand, um, you know, his coaches. We've got to sign the best players. got to do these evaluations. So, you know, as you move forward and you start talking about expanding these these playoffs, uh, I feel confident Georgia, you know, I don't know how much money Georgia fans are going to spend on travel for the next couple of years, but my goodness, they can be all over the country, you know, in games. And, you know, we had a we were just playing on paper and drawing some stuff up in Nashville. And, you know, you think like if Georgia was a nine seed, just think if they lost late in the year or whatever, and they wind up being a nine seed. Next thing you know, they could open up it like at Penn State. Yeah. You know, like that. how cool would that be to to just yeah. that you know oh by the way in like December it wouldn't be absolutely humid up there you know what I mean so yeah, I know. where's this thing going to go but it's going to be really cool to see some matchups I'm extremely disappointed in the SEC in one factor the eight games doesn't matter to me because people outside the SEC can say all they want they don't understand that eight SEC games is a war that that is a scheduled war but I am disappointed in the SEC canceling this Oklahoma game. Because Georgia might not play them now to like 2030. So we could have went there this year and played that game. So, but anyway, it's kind of spilt milk now. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, the pandemic affected, you know, the COVID pandemic affected so much in our society. And of course, you know, a lot more, I guess you could say a lot more important things, but it really affected college football, you know, with the transfer portal. And then all of a sudden bursting on the scene, as you say, the NIL deals and and uh, things like that, I, I'm kind of concerned, and I think Kirby Smart kind of mentioned this last year, that the toll it's taking on head coaches and coaching staffs to navigate all of this, you know, the, the recruiting and then, you know, everything that is now thrown upon the coaches, um, you know, burnout can be a real possibility. It's really something. The pressure on these coaches now to to produce really is something, isn't it? 
What's different, Chris, from people that have followed recruiting a long time is now you have to recruit four classes at the same time. Yeah. You got to recruit freshmen. You got to recruit sophomores. I mean, you got to recruit. So if there's a really good eighth grader that's going into high school and you kind of know about him, you got to start your relationship with him. So, you know, you're sitting here as a coach. Think about this, Chris. You're sitting here and just say you're the linebacker coach at the University of Georgia. You're actually sitting in an office with a prospect. His graduating class is 2027. Wow. You're having to spend an hour with that kid and his mom, you know, and he hadn't even played high school football yet. So the the demands and energy and what's on these coaches, they, they've got to – I wish they would do one rule because they did it in softball. And I have a couple of girls that play one girl that plays at Georgia that I coached and she committed to Georgia as a freshman, you know, softball was sped up, you know? And so for softball, they went in and said, you know what? You can't offer a prospect now until the first day of their junior season. Yeah. So I wish football would maybe say, you can't offer a prospect to the first day of his sophomore season. Yeah. That it slows things down. It allows a kid to be a freshman. It allows him to get through that summer, you know, and you kind of see where he is. And that way, you know, can you have an eighth grader on campus? Yeah, but maybe you don't have to spend an hour and a half with a family, you know, just show them a tour and go on about their business. But it would slow things down for the players and prospects and families, and it would slow things down big time for the coaches to allow them to, uh, you know, kind of, let this thing play out a little bit. You don't have to recruit four classes at one time. And it's amazing. These, these kids now in the eighth grade are huge. I mean, they're, they're, some of these kids are huge, and, and they're not yet fully mature physically. It's amazing, um, you know, that, that when, when you see that. It, it, it really is amazing. What about on the recruiting trail? To, you know, George has been very successful so far. Uh, with uh, the upcoming recruiting class, any news we might see on the horizon with some uh, signings? Well, it starts today. Uh, Georgia's got six, 16 official visits um, that start this afternoon. Uh, so uh, Dylan Rayola is in town, and, uh, you know, he's going to be – it's interesting, Dylan Rayola's in town. He'll be recruiting all weekend. Yeah. And next weekend, Ryan Puglisi comes in with another group of players, and he'll be recruiting all weekend. So, you know, I talked to to Ryan up in Nashville. He's at the event with his dad, and and I said, "Have you and Dylan talked?" He goes, "Oh yeah, we've we've already shared some texts. You know, like we're working together to to try to bring the best guys in this class." And I asked Ryan, I said, "Man, you know, I you know I know people come at you all these schools. You know, what what's your t- why do you tell them you're sticking with Georgia?" And he said, "Look, man." Uh, Georgia was upfront with me from day one and said, we're going to take your commitment, but we're telling you we're going to take two 24 quarterbacks. We've got to. Yeah. Uh, so they, they, that, that was that message within, they were consistent the entire time. Uh, you know, they kept telling them we feel good about Rayola. You know, we're not going to lie to you. We think he's going to be in his class as well. So, uh, he just said, look, the roster at Georgia, I know there's pieces there. They've got offensive linemen. They've got defensive linemen. We'll play in big games. He goes, I'm going to go to Athens and take a shot at winning this job. And, and that's that's kind of his goal. So I was very, very impressed with meeting him. And, you know, he's a good quarterback. Uh, you know, I've watched some film on him. And, I mean, this dude can play. Uh, yeah. So I, we had Matt Goblin, who was the former director of player personnel. This guy sit side by side with Kirby Smart for five years. And he just left to take a corporate world job. And I'll be honest with you, some of the, some of the you know, strains of, Everyday recruiting kind of wore on him. So, but I asked him, we had him on a podcast on uh, Dogs HQ, and I asked him, I said, tell us about Ryan Puglisi. He said, Rusty, 
the day he worked out, it was jaw dropping. He goes, I haven't seen anything like that since Caleb Williams in Athens. He goes, this guy has got a cannon. And he goes, he's athletic. Uh, And he goes, and then we see Dylan Rayola. So we're like, man, there's two in this class. And right now, and the way it looks, Georgia's going to get both of them. Yeah, that's amazing. It it really is amazing. And like you say, and I've been kind of keeping an eye on it, they're out recruiting, you know, uh, throwing the receivers and that kind of thing. By the way, speaking of receivers, uh, Georgia's receiver room, it ain't bad, is it? No, it's not bad. And and they keep getting – they keep getting tight ends, but you look at like what they're going to try on the field this year. With the addition, listen, you lose AD Mitchell and you're not going to sugarcoat that. He's a really good player. When he was healthy, he was really good. But you look at Dominic Lovett, and if Dominic Lovett doesn't get hurt in that Missouri game, they might beat Georgia because yeah. they have no answer for him. Well, guess what? Now he's on their team, uh, which is the world we live in. Uh, he almost beat you, and guess what? Now he's playing for you. So uh, you look at Ra Ra Thomas, who's a guy that came from Mississippi State, and then you look at obviously uh, it starts with you know kind of like Lad McConkey's that guy, right. and Marcus Rosemary St. Jack's a guy that you know he's had a really good spring. But I think the wild card that really nobody's talking about, if he can be healthy, if this guy can stay healthy, he's had issues, but if he stays healthy, man, Arian Smith might be the fastest player in America. Wow. Uh- so uh, with Todd Monken, we loved him and, you know, how Georgia produced offensively. Mike Bobo, more of the same? Are we going to see more of the same? Any any kind of nuance of uh, difference in the offense, you think? I love the fact – now, he'll have some different wrinkles, but I love the fact that uh, when Kirby spoke and I think Mike Bobo spoke at a coaching clinic, I heard that they didn't change the terminology. So they, no, kept, they kept the terminology so the kids didn't have to learn. So Mike Bobo might call a play – at a different time, but the terminology and the words are still the same. So Mike Bobo coming in, working under Monk and learning that was invaluable to him. And you think about this too, Chris, nobody else had to learn anything. The coaches in the room, you know, Stacey Searles, Todd Hartley, Brian McClendon, Dale McGee, they didn't have to learn anything else either. They already know the offense. They know the words. So really there was no wasted time there with install in the, in the spring. It's just, okay, we got play sheets. We got play calls. This is what we call. It's the same thing. Uh, so, hey, listen, Georgia's loaded offensively. Yeah. Mike Bobo has done a lot with less. So, we'll see. I still think Georgia's going to have a very explosive offense. It all comes down to quarterback play, Chris. I mean, at the end of the day, can he process after the snap? Can he make decisions? And how's this thing unfold? But the one thing I'm confident in, man, Georgia's offensive line with Cedric Van Pran, Tate Ratledge, Jamarius Mims, probably – uh, you know, Xavier Trust there at guard. Some of those guys are going to have some really, really uh, – Ernest Green out probably going to play left tackle. A young man out of California had a chance to watch him a couple times at the uh, All-American Bowl in San Antonio. And, um, you know, it's going to be he, – he was really the only guy there with Cyron. He's really the only guy there that could block Michael Williams at all. Yeah. Uh, Michael Williams was just destroying people, and that's when I realized that guy is something special. Georgia's just loaded, and it's going to be a lot of fun to see Georgia play. Uh, Listen, you're going to be uh, on uh, the color analyst for Peachtree uh, TV this year. You're going to add that to the mix? I'm not giving that up, man. I love high school football. Yeah. Got some great stuff. about to announce our next Georgia high school football Hall of Fame class next Friday. I think uh, excited about that. I think the the votes came in. And there's 44 people that vote. The votes came in last night, and we had to re-vote. We had six guys tied. And, man, I, I was just looking at that thing going, man, 
four of these guys are not going to make it, and they're like all Americans. So I'm excited about that. Well, now it's going to be certainly some 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 Georgia Bulldogs will be going back in again this year. Last year, Heinz Ward, Champ Bailey, Herschel Walker, Eric Zire, Matt Stinchcomb, all those guys went to first class. Yeah, unbelievable. All right, well, Rusty Manziel's been with us. And, uh, Rusty, you do a great job. Uh, we love following you and keeping up with, you know, what's uh, going on with you personally. And, hey, your daughter, she's your star. Bless your heart. Yes. You went to work for my competition. I told her the day, I said, look now, don't take it personally. <laughs> I beat you on, on news. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you mean you don't share with your no, daughter? <laughs> we, we got to know. No, no, no. She's doing a great job. She's going, she's, it'll be announced, I guess, a little bit later. She's doing an internship with Dog Nation. She loves those guys. And uh, so she's going to, she's going to, she's going to do well with those guys and uh, just watch it. Look forward to watching her career and where it goes. Well, she's got, she's got a good gene pool, uh, you know, to to be in the business. Well, thank you, Rusty, for being with us today. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again. Okay. Thanks, Chris.